Come on, let's get comfortable. All right, grab all your Facebook pictures right now. Because where else can I get a picture of me on a motorcycle in the church? Amen. The kids are gone. Still going. I keep trying to buy this bike from Richie, but no matter how many 20s I show him, he won't give it to me. All right. Kids are gone. All right. Amen. Amen. So I can already tell the look on some of your faces. You guys always ask the most wonderful questions. And so the question this morning is, why is there a motorcycle in the middle of the sanctuary? I just like it. The truth is, we're celebrating manhood today. Amen? We're celebrating fatherhood today. And so why is there a modus? Because this is a Harley Davidson Sportster. Because men love bikes. Because this has over 1,200 cc's of pure power. And men love power. Man. I wanted to start it, but we can't. We can't do that. We can't do that. But we celebrated manhood today, amen? So there's, there's a Harley in the church because we're talking about strong men today. We're talking about bold men. We're talking about courageous men. Anybody excited? Come on, somebody better get more excited than that. We're talking about hardcore Men today, we're celebrating manhood. We should have started it just so it could smell like exhaust in here. <laughs> what are you wearing? Exhaust. Real men wear exhaust. I might patent that. Amen, amen. So I want to start, instead of with a quote, I want to start with a question. I got a little bit to go here, so, so while I'm doing here, you have a beef stick and just eat on something there while you, while you wait for me. Amen? Real men eat so Slim Jims. Real men eat Slim Jims because it's meat. So here's the question. Here's the question. How, listen, listen. How did a faith that was founded by a man, the Son of God, and his 12 male disciples become so repulsive to men. Why do Christian churches around the world experience a chronic shortage of men when temples and mosques do not? Why are church-going men so hesitant to really live their faith when men of other religions willingly die for theirs? Now, I know on Father's Day we get some men who just come out to church to make their families happy. 
You want to make mom happy, you want to do it for the kids, for the wives, for grandma, whoever. And let me tell you, whoever you're here for today, I just want to welcome you. I want to tell you that you're in the right place. Amen. But the truth of the matter is, on any given Sunday, there are 13 million more adult women in church than men. The truth is, on any given Sunday, almost 25% of married, church-going women will worship without their husbands. Midweek activities often draw 70 to 80% female participants. The majority of church employees, over 70% of the boys who are being raised in church will abandon it during their teens and 20s, and many of those boys will never return. More than 90% of American men, check this out, believe in God, five out of six call themselves Christians, but only one out of six attend church on any given Sunday. The average man accepts the reality of Jesus Christ, but fails to see any value in going to church. Churches overseas report gender gaps of up to nine women for every one man. So if you're looking for women, church is the place to go. (laughs) Apparently. All the single men like... Christian universities are becoming convents because the typical Christian college in the United States enrolls almost two women for every man. Fewer than 10% of U.S. churches are able to establish or maintain a vibrant men's ministry. Church, that should bother you. That bothers me. Experts would say it's because men are typically not comfortable in church. Either because for so long the church has either been portrayed as A, uptight, legalistic, judgmental do-gooders, or B, a place where sissified men and feminine choir boys get their show on to get and get to have power over people that they wouldn't have power over outside of the church. Callaito. Fam, that's not church. Amen? That's not church. That's not this church. That's not many of the churches that I know. That's definitely not the church that Jesus came to build. That's not the church that he laid his life down for. The, he entrusted the church and the good news of the gospel to 12 men. Out of the 12, one turned on him right from the start. Which there's a whole other lesson there. Amen? The other 11 men, they went to their deaths, most of them refusing to to, to give up on what they believe in. Most of them martyred or exiled for refusing to water down or be silent about their faith. Most of those men, every time they were beaten and left for dead and told, you better not say anything about this Jesus again, got up, put a band-aid on it, and said, Jesus is Lord, and I'll say it again. Left them for dead. They'd get up and say, Jesus, thrown in prison, they'd they'd radically change everybody in the prison. Church, that's the kind of man I want to be. 
That's the kind of man I want to surround myself with. That's the kind of man I want to duplicate. That's the kind of man we want to reproduce. That's the kind of manhood and fatherhood that we want to celebrate today. Amen? Now, before we get to that level, before we can talk about, you know, the spiritual, there's some things that we need to deal with in the natural. (laughs) There's some common sense maybe applications that we need to uh, mention today, amen? And so we had a good time last year on Father's Day, and we decided to do it again. How many of you are here last Father's Day? So I'd like to bring you today with my brother Ephraim, I'd like to bring you Real Men, part two. Now let me tell you, this started out last year at a barbecue. We were sitting around at a barbecue, just talking, eating, you know, red meat like men and um, on a stick over fire, right, like real cavemen. And, and, and a Mr. Frosty truck came by and we heard the ding, 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 ding. And some guys got excited and wanted to go get ice cream. And right there we had to lay it down, right? We had to, we had to. He, he, started, he started with... And this is how this kind of thing all came from. He said, wait, wait, wait. A grown man cannot be licking ice cream in public. (laughs) And now for the rest of the barbecue, all we talked about were things a grown man shouldn't do. (laughs) Amen? You ready for the list? We, We got a revised list this year. Yes, yes. All right, so let's, let's start with current events. Amen? Wow. You ready to set this off, E? I got to stand up for this. Yeah, yeah, come on. Stand up. Real men stand when they talk. All right, let's go. All right, start with current, current events. Current events, let's go ahead. A real man does not pull an Anthony Weiner. Come on. I'm just saying. What what do they call it? Sexting? Man, don't even go there. Yeah. Real men don't do that. Or or a real man does not pull an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because a real man is faithful to his family. You know, just riding off that, a real man doesn't make promises that he can't keep. Come on. Come on. I'm just saying. Come on. You ready for a tougher one? Because listen, I don't care how many senators say it's legal. Real men don't marry other men. I'm just saying. So. All right. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Let me just say something about that. You, you can buy the Lady Gaga hype that you were born that way. You can wear a dress made out of meat. Anyway, somebody else says... Somebody else says, if you were born that way, that's just any more reason we need to be born again. Amen? Yes, yes. You can be born again. <laughs> but, but listen, this is no homophobic, anti-gay, religious, self-righteous church rant. Hear me. You belong here. And you're accepted here in this church just like the rest of us. 
The word says that there is none righteous, not one. The word says that we all fall short of the glory of God on our own. We all need the grace of God to overcome. And so listen to me. We are not here to judge on you, to beat up on you. We are here to help you and, and to, to help bring you to the place where you can have your life right with God, whatever that means. Amen? Enough said. So here's one from last year's list that unbelievably people still haven't got. You know what, man? I'm glad to bring this one back. Go ahead, man. Real men don't sag their pants. Come on, man. That's all I'm saying. Wear a belt. But you know it's funny that they do have belts. They gotta wear belts. I I don't know. You ever seen two or three of them running? It's hysterical, man. It's getting ridiculous now. It's a little ridiculous. Insane, man. How did that look a grown man showing his boxes to little kids? Anthony Weiner. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right, let's move. Let's move. All right. Real men aren't full of excuses. Real men don't whine. Real men are teachable. They're always learning, always growing, never think they know it all. Real men forgive. They understand that they've been forgiven. Real men have purpose. Amen? Real men know how to lead as well as serve. Come on. E, let me ask you a question, though. Do real men Zumba? <laughs> Yo. Earlier, earlier in the week, <laughs> the verdict was still not out yet, you know? But since then, I've participated in about three sessions of Zumba. Right. Where, where, where? Uh, East Tremont with Crazy Zumba, uh, with Veto class, Crazy Zumba. <laughs> and I got to say that real men, let me just say this correctly. <laughs> real men do whatever it takes to stay mentally fit, spiritually aware, and physically strong. They just don't do the shaky girly parts. All right. So all right. I'm saying. All right. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Whippa! <laughs> All right, so real men do Zumba, fine. Real men keep their word. Real men don't hit women. And if we find out... If we find out... Then you're going to have to deal with some real men. You know what I'm saying? Don't make me bring Chris and Huang up here. <laughs> Real men don't buy women. Surely don't buy little girls. That's right. Real men don't sell drugs to young men they should be mentoring. Real men don't have to drop F-bombs to sound manly. What is that? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Real men can control... Let me see... Real men can control themselves. That's right. That's right. That's right. Listen, real men are not reckless. They're wild. They're courageous. They're strong. They're bold. They're adventurous. But they're not reckless. Amen? 
And real men love their wives. Come on. Where's my wife? Come on. I love you, baby. Tell her. Tell her you love her. She's teaching right now. But she, if you can hear me, I love you. All right. Yeah, my, my wife is teaching too. Love you, baby. <laughs> Stacy, tell my wife I love her. Real women teach our kids. <laughs> Come on. And, and real men teach Sunday school. What's up with that? That's what I'm saying. Why both our wives over there? Shout out to Nat. Yeah, shout out to the two men that teach Sunday school. Three. Real men, three. Amen. Three. There's three men that teach Sunday school. 300 people in the building. There's three men that teach Sunday school. Let's have a moment of silence. All right. Real men don't father children they aren't willing to raise. That's a personal one for me. Come on, come on. You know, because I mean, if you, ever, if you heard, if you were here last year, then you were able to hear my testimony. And then you were all, also able to meet my son, who's going to be coming down next month to spend the summer with me. Yeah. Right? I don't have three kids in total. I don't only have two. I have three kids. But it's never too late for a real men to make things right. Come on. Never too late. Never too late, man. Real men stand on what they believe in. Real men started the church, real men keep it going, real men keep it growing, real men keep it healthy, and keep it cared for. Amen? Amen. A real man isn't measured by the size of his biceps, but by the strength of his character. Come on. Come on. This brother had it wrong. Wow, that got a good picture of me. That's what I'm saying. So I'm... <laughs> That's when you were a little swole, a little swole. A little bit, yeah, I'm just chilling right now. <laughs> Real men understand that you don't have to be a feminized choir boy to worship and sing praise. And real men... Real men worship. Come on, man. They worship hard. That's right. They man. worship for real. Come on. Real men dance like David. That's right. That's right. Because they serve a God who came down in the flesh to live and grow up like we did, knowing that at the age of 33, he would be betrayed. He would be beaten. He would be forced to carry the wood that he would eventually be nailed to and hung upon. Fully man, fully God, fully able to stop what was happening at any given time. A man with the power to wipe the earth with a wave or a wink. A real man who lived and died so that you and I could have life that shed his own blood as payment for all the stupid things that you and I would do and will still do. Real men go all the way with what they have. Wow. You know what? Just speaking about real, real men worshiping, how many of you guys want to see some real men saying? I got it right here on the top for you. Oh, he took it? I'll sing back here with you guys then. <laughs> and, we, and I picked this song. This is a newer song that we've been doing for worship. It's called Give Me Faith. And this is the type of song that speaks about just asking God to break and soften our hearts. 
you know, to bring us to a place where we are totally dependent, depending on him. And this song is so beautiful for real men to sing because, you know, the society, you know, it tells us how to be men. We're, we're living our lives trying to be real, real men, you know, but you're not a real man until you love God, until you learn how to love God. Help me say, I may be weak. Say, I may be weak. Your spirit spoke in me. My flesh may fail. But my God, you never. I may be weak. I may be weak. Oh, your spirit spoke in me. My flesh may fail.
the most beautiful thing you could you could take notice if you looked up here. Better than you know all us good looking men. This is better. There's a father and a son worshiping right here. Come on, man. A son, a son that was just serving overseas doing God knows what. Holding more than a mic in his hand, that's for sure. But can stand up on this platform and now worship God. Real men worship. talking about what real men should and shouldn't do and we want to start looking at some real men. Amen? So as you guys make room, I want you to hear this testimony. Yeah, that could be seated. You guys can be seated. Praise God. My name is Miguel Flores. For those of you who don't know me, some of you might know me already. I'm just going to go straight into it. Father, he who loves yet corrects with love. He who is a friend yet lover of the mind and soul. He who stands with pride and falls on his knees and bat when the battle belongs to God. He who listens and prays when he doesn't have an answer. Father, he who walks his daughter down the aisle to start on her journey as a God-fearing wife. He who is there to hear and feel the presence of God when the child says, Daddy, show the love of our God, Abba. I'm a 38-year-old man, far from perfection, and a continuous work in progress. Every so often, I have to serve myself a reality check. Because being a servant of God causes some to be the enemy. This little excerpt goes out to the fathers and listen closely to the stepfathers who took it upon themselves to raise a child and make it their own. I am going to need everybody's undivided attention because I'm going to touch on a sensitive matter which has become a deadly issue to our church, our children, and the destruction of many homes. And that is called religion. I won't go into the specifics of religion. But know this. 1 John chapter 4 verse 1 says. Dear friend. Do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have come out into the world. And not every person who says they have a message from God. Speaks of God. My mother was raised in a very Pentecostal home. Her mother died at an early age, and all she knew from her family was hard work and back in those days, slavery. She ran away and was deemed to be crazy in doing so. She was taken in by family members that lived a very dogmatic, charismatic way of being. She was, wor- she was forced to dress a certain way, live in a certain lifestyle, and was taught that every woman needs to be submissive to God and their men. She was forced to take into accountability a text that was taken out of its context. This is why I always say 1 John 4, 1. Psalms 27 verse 10 says in Spanish, Aunque mi madre y mi padre me dejare, yo con todo 
me recogerá. In English, though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. The psalm was written by David as a prayer to God to deliver him from all those who tried to bring him down. She was married in her early 20s. And in my early, yeah, excuse me. She was married in her early 20s and I met my pops, my real father, which is say in my early teens. The cause of the breakup was religion. My father took it upon himself to step away from church due to rebellion. And my mother was told that she had no other choice, sadly enough, to cast him away because he wasn't no longer serving God. The word of God, once again, was taken out of his context. My father ended up hating church but held on to the fear of God. He battled with confusion as he rebelled, so the hard work was always there. Until one day, I was performing at a huge baptism service, and he stepped up. He said reconcilio and he gave his heart once again to God. At that time, that bond between the father and son got close and right when I was right, God took him. Bear with me. One thing I will always remember about my real father saying is that it takes a real man to do what a stepfather does take two my sister and I and make them make us his children Louis Ramos which is my stepfather was a six foot 300 plus pound jolly Puerto Rican Italian man he looked like a gringo and let me tell you he can read and write Spanish far better than the average Hispanic in New York City he learned to read and write Spanish now listen closely not through school but by reading the Spanish Bible. There was something about him that attracted many to like him. He was a leader in the church as far as the mission board. He became the first Christian radio disc jockey to play Christian music back in the 70s. He did it for several years and he quit because the money that was coming in wasn't enough. He never had any children. And ready for this, men? He kept his virginity all the way until he got married. It's very rare to find a man who can believe like he did. He stepped into my life when I was about five to six years old. He looked like a huge, gigantic, curly teddy bear. But those that didn't know him were often confusing him with being a detective based on the sports jackets and the big old hats that he wore. He met my mother, and after two years of dating, they decided to get married. He was a true hardcore Yankee fan. I was a diehard Met fan. <laughs> it would go back and forth in regards to, we would go back and forth, argue in regards to stats and the World Series that the Yankees had over the Mets, and I converted to becoming a Yankee fan. <laughs> Wow, that's hard to say. <laughs> but you know what? Amen. My teenage years were that of the typical teen exploring the world and playing music. He was my first drum teacher. And from there I decided to play in church. Yet yeah, it was the beginning of a downfall based on the nucleus of the family. Yet my stepfather family time, a time of sitting down, reading the Bible. He made family time, all of us gathering at their dinner table and praying. 
He always told us, we want to learn how to speak Spanish very well. We want to learn how to read and write Spanish. Read the Bible in Spanish. So we took it upon ourselves to read the Spanish Bible out loud. The mic. Praise God. He was always telling me, in life you will be tempted, but always pray and ask for guidance. Let the word be a light unto your feet and a light unto your paths. From there on in my teenage years, and later on in my teenage years, then came ministry. Then came the dogmatic man-made ideology and the ideological beliefs that came between family that broke us apart. But what do you mean? You're a family that stays together. You're a family that prays together. How can a family like this break apart? My stepfather was a deacon and was about to become an ordained minister. Then, based on certain beliefs, if you married a divorced woman, she wear that scarlet letter, and that man can't serve, nor he can, nor he can become a pastor. I became very angry because my father had strong leadership-like qualities. Many looked up to him. Many ran for answers. My stepfather was very heartbroken, and he just pretty much gave up all the positions he had in church. I was really mad at the church, at the religion, yet no one can always answer to where in the Bible does it state these man-made rules. I was always quoting saying, show me in the Bible where it says it. I, I myself became very rebellious towards the church. Yet, he still believed in certain doctrines that struck a nerve within my beliefs. Yet, he took time to say, pray, and ask God for guidance. My mother was fixated on old school dogmatic mentality. She was a follower instead of a leader. Now, let me get something straight. I always butt, it, I always butt ahead with my moms because of these beliefs. And, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. It came to the point that my sister and I almost hated each other because of religion. The upbringing of forcing people to marry each other because they lost their virginity disgusted me. The man-made rules inside the church that a woman and a man need to dress a certain way. The coat check before you came to the door. As we all know from the old school, if you looked a certain way, you was not allowed to come into the temple. Back in old school, the men sat one way and the woman sat in the other way. And yet, men were always right. And the woman was always at the footstool of the man. Which was very confusing for me. I would run to my stepfather, and I was like, dude, smack some of these idiots, part of my friends. I can't, I can't take it, Dad. Where in the Bible does it say this? My, my stepfather was a, a strong Bible scholar. I can't believe this nonsense that they're teaching in church. I, you know, I, don't, I don't agree with the Bible Institute that I attended. I, got, I, I left. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I'd rather read the word on my own, ask God for guidance, and go to people that I trust. And yet, when my father didn't have the answer, he would go into the room and pray. He would grab me and say, let's pray together. And let's ask God to reveal the answer. It was by then, by that time, that I was in college and I decided to study music. And from there, my music career began. And I played with many well-known Christian bands and Christian artists. And... 
in believing and playing music and doing the right thing, I was literally placed on discipline in the church. Why? You can't play that music in church. You can't play that certain style of music in church. That's discipline material. It came to the point that I became so rebellious and I'm like, show me where in the Bible does it say that. And as I was speaking to the pastor, I was literally casted out from the church. And I was told I can no longer partake of their music ministry because I was learning ungodly styles of music. Once again, I went running to my stepfather. Viejo, viejo, cuéntame. Yo no entiendo esta gente. ¿Qué es lo que pasa aquí? And he would be like, vamos a orar. Vamos a orar. And I just kept on battling this inside church. I would go to church. I would sit down in church. And I would be an angry guy sitting in the back of the church. And I'm like, Dad, I don't understand this. He's like, I don't have an answer for you. It's about time you start getting calluses on your knees. And ask God for guidance. So he kept on reiterating that, reiterating that. My dad began rethinking the doctrines in which he was taught. And he just made it his business to weed the word, to clear his mind. He told me, when you're confused, when you don't have an answer, pray and read the word of God. My dad's health began to catch up to him. And even as he lay dying in his bed, due to renal failure, many people were touched by him. Nurses and doctors would come in and sense a tranquility. It was mind-boggling. That some of you who do know me, I'm a rescue paramedic from the fire department of New York. It's like a crash course in being a doctor. We do everything that the emergency room does out in the street. Uh, the first thing I would do when I would come into the room is look at his vital signs. Scientifically speaking, medically speaking, it was virtually impossible how a man can be alive with the vital signs that he had. But we all know that God is good. There was a purpose. I myself went through a lot while at work. I lost my position. I practically lost my home based on false rumors. And my stepfather right through it himself said, Dejaselo la mano del Señor. Ponte oral. You see, when we go through our own trials and tribulations, character is built. There was an ugly side of me that was coming out. And I had no other choice but to run to the pulpit and pray. I had to separate myself. I had to take into account that in order to live in him, I must die. And that man battled constantly within me. The most amazing sight came two days before my father passed away. The word got around and many came to see him. I am not going to exaggerate in regards to numbers, but hundreds, hundreds came to my father's deathbed. He was placed in isolation due to his body shutting down completely with the fear of bacteria. The doctors and the nurses were like, nobody can come in there like that. And I told the head nurse in charge, let me tell you something. You are not going to have enough isolation gear for the people that are about to come in. Something in my spirit was just being bothered. But yet, it was that flesh in me, the confusion, battling with that of God. Now, Dad started talking about how he sees heaven and how he's getting ready to leave. And when we all know when someone's in a bed and they start talking like that, it's about that time. 
I was like, Dad, I love you. I need you to relax a little bit, Dad. You're going to be okay, Dad. Dad, quiero, viejo, que las cosas van a estar bien. Tenemos fe. Estamos orando. Dad, quiero, viejo. He was telling me, I need to speak to X, Y, amount of people. Now, he started quoting out names. And I myself, I'm like, Dad, it's impossible for me to get a hold of these people. I don't know these people. And God is good. 15, 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later, the people that he started to talk about were coming into the room. I couldn't answer that. And I'm like, God, you're awesome. And God spoke prophetically to these people. Now, during all this time, Dad started talking personal in-depth stuff. Now, understand when God speaks, God is not an author of confusion. When God speaks, it's like a deep sword coming into your soul and into your heart. And so it came that with struggling with all these issues, my father passed away. And he gave me his message before I left, before he left. And you know what? No matter what you're going through, when you think you just can't no more and you feel that you can't and that everybody's left you, turn on to your knees and pray. And God will always be there. God bless you all. Amen. Amen. You see, a, a real sorry, a real man doesn't stand by the speakers. A real man steps in where others walked out. A real man checks his priorities and adjusts when he has to. A real man is grateful for what he's been given because he knows that he's been forgiven much. I want you to watch this video. Isn't another example of a man that I respect as a real man? What's up, guys? Uh, this is Ray from Grateful Raymond from Grateful Ray or Raymond. I used to be Ray. I turned into Raymond as I got more responsible. I wanted to give you guys a, a tour again. I'll show you guys what happens and you know what goes on in the 360 houses and what the 360 houses are about. We have three floors. 16 beds on each floor. We got bunk bed styles, like dormitory styles. In the mornings, they have to make their beds. Everything's got to be like aligned like this. Providing them with a nice, clean place to stay is definitely a good place to start for some of these guys who just literally coming off the train station or, or been homeless or just been on like a 10, 15 year run. To walk into a place like this, it just might, might give them the, the head start that they need. We try to keep it clean. We do GI once a week. We clean the whole place from top to bottom. So everybody's got a, a duty. So I actually stumbled into a place like this. I, 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 I've been homeless in the past. I come from, you know, drug abuse background myself. I've been clean for nine years. This is the day room. This is where the guys come. They kind of hang out, watch TV. They get to play cards. They got a nice, cool spot to chill. It's the kitchen over here. We got three refrigerators. Nobody stays hungry in here. The new guy don't have any food or anything. Everybody chips in and make sure that the new guy's always fed. Let's try to make the new guy feel comfortable. So this way, one day, he can help the new guy. Huh? We look out for the newcomers. 
And we look, yeah, definitely. We cook, we feed them uh, until they can feed, until they can learn how to feed themselves. Feet, you know, we gotta love them until they learn how to love themselves. I remember looking around and saying, wow, this is pretty cool. And I think that's where the, the seed was planted 15 years ago. When I got clean, one of the first things I thought about was creating just something nicer than the place I was staying in. When we started this, we didn't really know what we were doing, so we didn't have that much closet space. What was happening is that guys were putting their stuff all over the place in bags. Everyone has their individual closet. So the policy here is, if it doesn't fit in the closet, you can't bring it in here. The way I came up with the dimensions of the closets, I literally went to, to my house. I took a tape measure. I pushed all my clothes together. This is literally the space that, that I have in my house for my clothes. So if it works for me, it's got to work for them. Hello, my name is Tyrone. Basically, my position here is I'm part of staff. Ray has been a big influence in my life, uh, which helped me turn my life around by being able to help others. When they go out into society, they're able to more or less live out their dreams. I'm about to go uh, on stage about six months from now on tour at a comedy club. One of these days, I'm going to be rich and famous. Don't worry, I won't forget you little people. A house, a regular job you know, and be able to support themselves. It makes it special because I'm in a place where people are trying to make their lives better. This is what we call the serenity room. This is where people come and just kind of sit and chill and read some work, read the Bible, hang out, talk, get on the phone, or just kind of collect their thoughts. Mr. Biggs, do you know what this shirt means right here? Uh, no, sir, I do not. You receive it in your head, you internalize it in your heart, and then you work it with your hands. And what that is, is the word of God. I'm Russian, I don't celebrate Christmas, but he invited me to his house with his family for Christmas. I experienced how Americans celebrate Christmas. After that, we went to the church, and I thought it was real like big for me because I never experienced that. I stay drug free. I wake up in the morning drug free. I don't have the desire to use no more. And, I, and I'm loving it. And the good people like this brother right here, Ray, oh man, he's like awesome, man. And it's hard. Oh, it's so many words I can't explain, man. I'm just so tickled and joyful, man. I just love it. I love it, man. I love it. The program, the, the house, the house is awesome, man. People in the house, I, I, I just love it, man. I'm, I'm like a big brother here, man. And, I, and I'm feeling good, man. I love it, man. <laughs> This is the 360 house. Give you a little quick tour of what goes on. You got to meet some of the guys, and this is basically what we're doing, man. We're trying to we're trying to build a brand to generate income to help those in need. If you guys support us, we support them, and it's just how we're one big family in Christ. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. I love you. Peace. Yeah. Please welcome Ray. Come on, Ray. Where you hiding? Admit when they're nervous. <laughs> All right. Um, Ephraim asked me to come up here and say my testimony a few days ago. He told me with the sermon that was on like real men or whatever. And I don't really like doing this. 
It's not my thing, so I kind of said yes just because I don't like doing it. Because real men do things they don't like to do. Come on. So, um, but then I was thinking, I was like, wow, real men. I was like, real men? Like, I don't even, I'm not even worthy to be titled like a real man. Like, you know, I accepted the Lord when I was, I think I was like 37. It's like five years ago. And prior to me accepting the Lord, I could look back and I, I could tell you from experience and proof and all the decisions, decisions I made that I have no idea how to be a real man. I could have told you. I could have said, yeah, I'm a real man. What you looking at? You know what I mean? That type of stuff. But until I accepted the Lord, I had no idea what it was like to be a real man. So um, I cannot take credit for that. The only thing I can say is that I'm grateful Come on. that the Lord is molding me into becoming a real man. That's right. That's good. Those are big shoes, big real men. Those are big shoes to fill, right? Yeah. I could try from my heart to be a real man, and I do, and I'm truly grateful for what the Lord is doing in my life. You know, I come from, you know, I'm just grateful, man. So my life is so crazy. I, I could stay up here two hours and tell you my testimony, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to hold you hostage. Um, I just want to say a few things I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for my daughter, who I love very much. Yeah. I'm grateful for my wife. My wife, I'm married. Yeah. My wife is six, seven months pregnant, so I'm grateful. Come on, come on. I'm grateful that we haven't, I'm going to have my very first boy, so it's going to be kind of cool. I'm just grateful to be here. I'm grateful to Pastor George for asking me to share. I'm truly grateful for meeting Ephraim and Double Edge and Jason. I truly love you guys. Um, It wasn't easy in the beginning, right, because I'm such a weird dude, so I kind of faced my fears. (laughs) And me and Ephraim used to go out and eat every once in a while and be mad quiet. Be like, well, it's nice out, huh? So, but, you know, so I'm grateful that the Lord flourished our relationship and we're like family. Our families get together. So I'm just grateful, man. Really, I truly am grateful. I could go on and on and on and on and tell you how grateful I am. But just believe me when I tell you I am truly grateful. I love you guys. I don't know you guys, everybody here, but I truly love you guys. God bless you guys. Tell them, just tell them why about the clothing line and what it does. Just explain that. The clothing line and what it does and how that, why you came up with that. The whole clothing line thing is, is, um, you know, I'm one of those Ralph Cramden type dudes. I'm always thinking of ideas. I'm like an inventor. I'm like the mad scientist. So, so when I, when I accepted the Lord, I had to stop doing things I was doing. Like, as soon as I said, God, I'm yours, the next day I quit my, my, um, I guess job, if that's what you want to call it. But um, so I went for like two years. I wasn't doing no, I was just being faithful, going to church. I had no idea what I was going to do. I, I went from making XX amount of money to making zero. But I just kept persisting. I kept following the road. And one day I was in my friend's pool, and I said, I'm going to make some cool Christian T-shirts. And that's where the idea was birthed. And, and you know, I'm just grateful. So hence the name Grateful Apparel. And um, since then, we've sold thousands and thousands of shirts. This, this, this year is going to be, like, super incredible. Ephraim kind of knows what's going on. I don't even want to say what's going to happen, but a lot of, you know, it's pretty big for, for someone like me. And it's clear. I asked my, a friend of mine from my church, and I was like, because, you know, every once in a while I share with him what's going on. And I said, y'all don't believe this stuff. 
I don't get why, why me? Why the 360 houses? You know what I mean? Why grateful? Why are we selling so many pieces? And he said, because you answered. And I was like, wow, I never really looked at it like that. And he also said, a lot of people get called. God be whispering. I don't know why God whispers and the devil yells. But whatever. Ask, <laughs> Come on, man. Ask Pastor George. He'll probably answer you that. But um, so a lot of times God be knocking on the door and we don't listen and we don't listen. Because I listened and I took that leap of faith. I let go what I thought was of value at that time. Because it was valuable what I had. And I just let it go. I didn't know where I was going because I took the chance. He's blessed me with double the value of what I was worth then. Yeah. So whatever it is, just take a chance. I don't know who's doing what or struggling with what. Just um, trust me. God is the move. God bless you guys. And, and Ray, that's why you're a real man. That's why. Go ahead. It's all right. I know you, you're down in the bounce. <laughs> but that's why he's a real man, because he got saved and... And and what and did something, isn't that like the like a phenomenon, like crazy? Like he got saved and then changed his life. He gave his heart to God and then like turned things around. Isn't that crazy? Like you know we get saved 15 years and we're still sitting in the pew doing nothing. I mean that's why he's a real man. That's why even though he don't see himself as that, that's why I see him as that. And why when I was writing this, I said I said Ray, and it just came to me. I said E, get a hold of Ray and see if he show up. And I know he had other plans for this Sunday, but he changed them. So, so thank you, Ray, man. Thank you. So, so the 360 houses, you understand, the clothing line pays for those 360 houses. The houses are so that men that have come out of incarceration, come out of homelessness, they have a place to, 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 to have to call their own, a place that's clean, that's nice, that's not ghetto, that's not, you, you understand? It's a beauty to give these men dignity like that. It's incredible. So I told him to bring his whole clothing line. His whole line is going to, well, a, whole, a lot of his line is going to be in the back. So make sure you grab a Father's Day t-shirt for somebody. Know that all the proceeds are going to these, to, to this thing. Amen? And so here's how we want to end today, man. We've done a lot. It's been a long Sunday. Whoo. This was a, a big thing to pull off today, man, but, but it's awesome. We've already had all the men come up, so I'm not going to ask you to get up. Um, but can we just be, as we leave today, as we go have like the little Father's Day lunches or, or whatever, if, even if that's not our thing, if, if that's not you know, what we're into. I know Father's Day is a hard day for a lot of people, and, and I'm glad that, um, that Alice and Lee touched on that and, and, and did the, the soft and cuddlies for you guys to really you know, deal with that, because I know that's a hard day. And I knew that we weren't going to be soft today. So thank you for doing that, guys. But um, I just want to end with us deciding, man, to be grateful. You know, I want to take his name and I just want to say, let's, I, I, want to, I want us to be grateful. And so if we could spend this week, if we, it says it takes like seven days to develop a habit, to develop something. If we could take the rest of this week, starting with Father's Day, and so that it's something that we could always remember. Listen, a lot of us might have some bad memories for Father's Day. Let's, let's put a good one in today. Let's put a good one in today. Let's say, you know what? I remember that Father's Day in 2011. 
When I saw men singing, when I saw the Harley up in the church, when I saw just men excited about worshiping God, when I heard about testimonies of, of, of men that stepped in and, and raised children, when I heard of testimonies of men that, that realized, man, I'm, I'm, I'm yours now, so I got to do something with my life. And so that, that, that Father's Day in 2011, I decided to be grateful. I decided to be a grateful man. And so from that day forward, I'm going to be grateful for my family. I'm going to be grateful for my kids. I'm going to be grateful for my friends, for those that surround me, for places that I'm a, a part of. I'm, I'm grateful for men that encourage me, for men that lead me, for men that I can follow, for men that I can serve. I'm grateful for men that I can lead. Amen? And overall, I'm grateful to the one that made it all possible. Amen? Can we just bow our heads for a moment? Pastor Gary, would you just come and kind of pray over these men, this kind of just a spirit of gratefulness, man. If you need prayer and if you want to um, talk to some men, we're going to stay around here and you guys can come up and do that. But for the interest of time and, and you guys, you know, doing, spending time with your family, we want you to, we want to release you. But I just want Pastor Gary to pray over us. Amen. So I'm going to ask all the men right where you are just to stand right now. All the, not, not just men, but, but boys, teenagers. Father, I just thank you, Lord God. I thank you for this company, Lord God, of, of men, Lord God, who stand strong, believing in you, O oh God. And we, we just make a covenant with you. We make an agreement with you today, God, that we will not turn back. That we will not turn our heads away, Lord God, where there's a need, where we can step in, where we can help, oh God. Father, I thank you for an army of soldiers. You call us soldiers in your word, Lord God. Those, Lord God who will not grow weak in spirit. Those, Lord God, who will not use their mouths to hurt and to wound, but those, Lord God, men of God, who will speak words of life, words of encouragement, words of destiny, O oh God. Father, I thank you for a new anointing on each one, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God. I am grateful to you that for all of our failures, for we have fallen short as fathers, God. I have fallen short as a father, oh God. Times when I needed to step in. Times when I needed to step back. I have failed, Lord. I have fallen. Every one of us, oh God. But I thank you, Lord, that you have not forsaken us. And I thank you, Lord God, that in every place where we've fallen, that there is restoration. There is a beginning for you. Even those of you, you're far apart from your kids. Just be grateful to God because he will make a way for you to be restored. So, Father, we thank you, Lord God. If you're a man, just lift your hands to heaven 
and say, God, I'm with you, Lord. I'm going to be the man of God. I'm going to be the father you called me to be. And when I fail, when I mess up, I'm not going to walk away, but I'm going to be a man. I'm going to come back every time, every time. So I just I just ask, Lord God, that for every man here, that you would strengthen our hearts, Lord God. We can't do it without you, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord God. I thank you again, Lord, for true men, men after your heart, men who are passionate, unashamed worshipers, men who will lead in ministry, men who will lead in prayer, men who will be at the forefront of worship. And Father, we thank you, Lord God. I thank you for each man. We walk away today, Lord God, not feeling guilty, not feeling as failures, Lord God, as not good enough husbands, as not good enough fathers. But we walk away after this message, Lord God. We walk away grateful and encouraged, Lord God, that you are the giver of life. And you are the true Father, Lord God. And you love us. And we just bless you today.